Blog Talk Radio. having me on and I'm doing very well. Beautiful day. It sure is. I hope you're having a wonderful stampede. Well, uh, I'm going to, I've been participating a little and probably a little more tonight. Uh, there was only a few days left. So, uh, you know, yeehaw and let's get her on. Exactly, exactly. Well, tell us a little about yourself, Steve, uh, you know, what uh, history is in business and um, then, you, you know, tell us a little about Zanico, what the services that you provide to uh, to the marketplace. Well, okay, a little bit about myself. Uh, I guess uh, the Stampede's a good starting point since I'm a homegrown Calgarian, have been working in the corporate world for, well, a lot of years and have uh, been in a variety of different positions from uh, frontline employee to cable splicer to entrepreneur in terms of the work that I'm doing now and when I was out uh, doing electrical contracting, so uh, quite a uh, breadth of uh, experiences that I like bringing into organizations and under the umbrella of uh, Zanico Services. Uh, Zanico itself is a learning organization. We work with uh, organizations that uh, truly want to engage their uh, workforce to meet the goals and results uh, they are looking for and relish that opportunity to uh, release the energy and creativity that exists in their human capital, if we want to use that terminology. So Zanico does what it can to uh, partner up with those organizations and provide some guidance and consulting services and delivery of programs to move things forward. So kind of almost like an all-inclusive uh, consulting uh, organization to help businesses uh, throughout uh, Alberta with uh, any challenges they come across. Well, I'd like to say all the challenges, but there's a few areas that I'm not as good as in, but I have a number of contacts and network that can provide that. So in essence, yes, we try to provide all the, all the solutions we can to move uh, those organizations forward. Great. So, you know, Steve, when we were uh, discussing uh, what to talk about this program, you know, one of the things that uh, has plagued many organizations uh, that I have been involved with or even uh, taking taking care of from a consulting point of view was that of a toxic work environment. When they, you know, when they had that one, maybe two uh, people in an organization who, you know, 
they're not they're not happy where they're at, but they they're not willing to make that move, and they they spread rumors or they they just they just don't participate in the direction the company is going. Is this, is this an ongoing challenge, even though we're in a bit of a a downward turn in the economy today? Well. Um... <laughs> It is a challenge at all times, regardless whether there's a downturn or not. Uh, individuals getting together to try to work towards a common goal, lots of stuff gets in the way in terms of um, what's happening to them, with them, about them, also in terms of directions of the organization, uh, the tasks at hand. There's always those elements at play. So organizations are always uh, attempting to engage those individuals and move them forward, yet uh, for one reason or another, uh, individuals uh, sometimes perceive uh, that they are victims and that can be something that the organization has caused or it could be something on a personal basis. And so uh, a toxic work environment is always lurking around the corner and it could be it could be something small or it could be something large but yet uh, it's not uh, it's not tied to the economic environment uh, at any point um i think it ebbs and flows so you are always susceptible what you can only do is try to recognize it minimize it try to control it cuz it always exists so Steve, you know one of the things uh you know i you know owner myself is uh how do we identify when there's a challenge or we have, we are starting to see that the early stages of a toxic uh, work environment, you know, that cancerous person who's in there, uh, you know, at the early stages, what's the best or what are some tips to help uh, identify that? Well, I, I think what happens is, in, you know, I like using the word sabotage, you know, the, you know is your office suffering from a, a level of toxicity and are things happening that sabotage the efforts going forward in terms of the results? So, you know, as a baseline, there's a certain level of negativity that exists. And so you can start to hear that. You can start to see that in dysfunctional behavior and or discussions that uh, are not uh, promoting uh, a positive direction that are almost, uh, uh, oh, woe is me. So some of the things that, uh, that you can witness, which are sort of causal, um, is things such as silos. Individuals tend to stop sharing information. They tend to start keeping things to themselves. So, Stuart, why did you not provide this to me before? Oh, I really didn't think about it or didn't think it was so important to you. So there's a few. The other ones, such as no respect, uh, you know, um, a person will blow off another individual, for a lack of a nicer term, or manager. Uh, sick leaves uh, could be increasing in terms of the numbers and duration of individuals um, covering your bum, for a lack of a better word. Uh, you know, I just need to make sure I keep all the emails and I need to make sure that I, I track all our conversations because you never know when it's going to come back to me. And I guess the worst one is probably the silent ones who are dealing in that apathy area where they just go, you know what, I've checked out. Uh, I work 8 to 5 and I'm gone sort of thing. You know, new new guy, same message. But you know what, I don't really give a darn any longer because, gee, I only have um, three minutes, uh, two days, four hours, and if you keep it up, Stuart, it'll be f three hours, and boom, I'm out of here. So those, those are 
five real good ones that, that you can see pretty easily in uh, in a group of individuals. So, I mean, I love what you you know you mentioned a few things that that the way you're mentioning. I go, yeah, that happened to me. Yeah, that happened to me, and maybe I was part of that at one time. Uh, one of the things Steve you mentioned was the silos, and uh, and uh, you know that to me also can mean that they stop being a team player and they just decide, you know what, nobody can do the job as good as I can. I'm going to start building. Uh, my relationship with maybe with customers or clients. So the day when I'm out of here, the relationship is with me and not with the organization. Does that happen a lot? Oh yeah, oh yeah. You see that all the time. Um, as a consultant, so I've been on both sides of the camp uh, you know, as a manager bringing in consultants, and this is I, this is me talking from a consultant perspective. Um, the individuals will uh, come in during bad times. Uh, you've seen a cycle where consultants move into the business, and then as the businesses or as the environment gets better, they may leave. You see that activity, and suddenly individuals start saying, you know what, uh, this is good information. I should keep a copy of this. Uh, this is a good conversation. I should keep a copy of this. And then they start to hoard that information, and then they don't really they don't want to share too much because they're not quite sure what you know or don't know and if I'm going to uh, venture out on my own or if I'm going to look for a new position in the organization information is power and so some of that comes from that um, uh, self-motivated or self-promoted position that says I'm going to get as much as I can because the time here is limited so I better better make myself very valuable Exactly. You know, this is a Stuart Crawford in conversation with Steve Zanini from Venical Services. We're talking about uh, the toxic work environment and what we can do to help identify it and then uh, hopefully we cure it. Steve, is there any, you know, once we identify this and we, you know, we maybe uh, know who the one person or maybe a couple people are, how do you recommend uh, businesses go and, you know, do they confront the person or what do they do? Do they, or do they just say, I'm going to get rid of this person? Oh boy! Um, I guess it's a continuum, Stuart. Uh, from and if we use the idea you set up front, it's sort of a cancer in the organization. And how would you do to maybe get rid of the cancer? Uh, I think that uh, organizations, leaders, uh, individuals on their own need to measure how badly that is. So if I were going to use an analogy, if I go to a doctor's office, do I have a cut in my arm or do I have a, a broken bone and a contusion? Depending on that severity, I will apply the appropriate uh, medication or diagnosis to help rectify that. So just to say, you know what, this guy is a bad apple, Stuart, you're, you're no longer a value to us, you're out. That may be the case, but have you done all the work that's necessary up front to make sure that you've identified that that is? A lot of the negative behaviors or a lot of those behaviors can be uh, part of contributing factors such as heavy workload or unreasonable demands by the boss or the organization might be dis disorganized. Uh, targets could be unrealistic. The deadlines could be short. So all of those uh, contribute to whether or not you have the scratch on the arm per se, or the contusion of the bone sticking out. So uh, if you can uh, analyze that and put a diagnostic in front of that, then you can take an appropriate response going forward. In some cases, individuals, and you know, it always boils down to that individual, for some, they may never have known. 
They never, they may never have seen it. You know what? We have people in the organization that need to do the work. Let's not disrupt the place. And you know what? If Stuart has a bad attitude, you know, and he's showing dysfunctional, if we can live with it, it's great because we need those people. But yet, if you could talk to them directly and have those crucial conversations, uh, you can then turn around and say, geez, you know what? Here's some of the things I see. This is how I feel, and here's some uh, opportunities for growth. Oh, geez, I never knew. Well, you know, maybe someone's never told them before. To the far side that says, you know what, your behaviors and the uh, attitudes that you display have been consistent over a long period of time no matter what we do, maybe this isn't the best place for you to work. And being tactful and respectful Maybe this organization would be best without you, and yet there could be another organization that you could go to where you could excel. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, Steve. And, you know, one of the things we also talk a lot about is uh, the, the work-life balance. And do you see that sometimes the behavioral patterns of people in the office are reflected uh, because of uh, a poor marriage or stress at home? Ooh. <laughs> so you're really talking about now the productivity, the satisfaction results an individual has based on a larger, uh, a larger picture. And yes, I do think it, that has uh, a bearing in there. And um, you know, when I talk to organizations about the toxic environment, we tend to stay focused in the workplace. So I'm glad that you ask the question. It's not always about what's happening in the workplace. Sometimes it could be the environment to which they live in. And for, for some organizations, and I, I would argue many organizations, the health of the individual at that level is not something they can get into. There's not enough, um, there's not enough um, points of reference for organizations to get into. Organizations can work very well on the smart stuff. What's our financial return, EBITDAs, ROIs, productivity, pro, uh, process. So it's all the smart stuff, and it's easy to get to. It's the analytical component. But when you're talking about the wellness of the organization, where individuals, how they behave, and their dis, the, the functions or dysfunctions or the attitudes they exhibit, that's, a, that's an unknown. Organizations uh, struggle with that because it's hard to say, so give me some idea of when this is solved. How long do we have to work with this? Uh, how much money do I have to put into it? Who do they have to see? And if it's outside of the workplace, oh my goodness gracious, uh, you know what? It's just about work. This is what we need to talk about. And yet there is a whole myriad of things that happen to an individual both in and outside of the workplace that cause a lot of stress and can cause that toxic environment to just spread both ways, back into the office place and back out to the home life. So I've seen uh, examples uh, where uh, that has definitely happened where, you know, uh, trouble, troubles at home, either financial, marital, you know, maybe a kid is sick, uh, has definitely impacted a person's performance at the office. But also I've seen it go the other way where, uh, maybe we can talk about this briefly, Steve, is, you know, if somebody is a workaholic, and that also causes problems uh, back towards the, uh, the family. Uh, and then that reverses back to stresses on the, at the work, and maybe that's when uh, that superstar uh, may stop performing to that same level. But, you know, when you look at it, they're still, they're still miles ahead of the, uh, the average employee. Well, 
There, <laughs> I don't even know which way to go with it. There's so many different angles and avenues to pursue in, in the statement that you uh, put forth. Um, I think that when you're trying to create that uh, sabotage or that toxic-free work environment, it, it's a long, it's a longer road uh, to follow. Uh, there is no quick medication that you can apply that suddenly makes it disappear. So. Why is the individual working so hard and so long? What is happening in their personal life that if a little effort to understand that would not make things easier? So Stuart has uh, someone in there in his life that is suffering from a long-term illness. Um, do I not consider that in terms of the workload? Do I not consider that in terms of deadlines? I think it would be very foolish of me as a manager or a leader not to invest some time to understand that situation and allow some of that to um, allow some of that to enter into the workplace and vice versa. I would also want to be able to say, you know what, Stuart, you seem to be working here quite a bit. Why is that? Don't you have a couple of young kids at home or, or aren't there some other things that are pressing? And then that's when you get into that discussion that you've heard many times before. Are you balancing work with home? And so uh, I think as a leader, one of the things that they need to do is be very cognizant of that. And that's a, that is difficult for some individuals. You know, they're very good at the processes, but how do I work with the humanism of the individual? Yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense, uh, even those questions. Uh, you know, I, I look at them all the time, and yeah, are that may uh, appear to slack off a little, but really we're, we're contributing to that. So we've identified, we identified that there's uh, some toxic behaviors, uh, you know, I think I love Steve, and maybe we can comment it quickly on uh, people like that are all in the office. They yes sir, no, ma'am. Uh, yeah, I'll get around right away. Making all their tasks. In the parking, they had to uh, get on their soapbox. That that from the parking. Uh, uh, you know, what we do we see that happen out of the office and. Okay, so sir, I just you faded out there on a couple of them. Uh, if I heard you correctly, or at least the gist of the uh, breaking up that I heard, it was around what about the conversation out in the parking lot? What about the conversation around the water cooler and some of the things we could do about that? Is that what I'm hearing? Is that what I heard? Yeah, that's exactly what I was asking her. Okay, well, I you know. It, there's a, there's a few things that uh, I think you, uh, as a leader, as a person who is part of a team, I, I think that there are you know some some quick steps or some easier steps to follow in terms of battling that environment is one awareness, uh, uh, be alerted to the uh, behaviors that are exhibited within the team, within the individuals that are close to you, and try to. Uh, focus on the issue, focus on situation, focus on behavior, but not the person. You know, it's not a question of I like you or don't like you, Stuart. It's the behavior that you're exhibiting that I need to be able to um, talk to. And that fundamentally is the second piece. How do I engage you in that conversation without you taking it as a personal level or, or escalating the uh, anxiety or the emotion? As emotion goes up, rationale goes down. 
So I need to be aware. I need then to be able to uh, identify uh, the uh, behavior to you. And then third, what are some of the steps that you can take on yourself? Or better yet, what are some of the steps that we could work on together so that I can, um, I can hold you accountable as a partner, as somebody that's your equal, not as somebody that's above you or below you? So uh, those three steps uh, could help quite easily in terms of starting to change the language. I mean, you can do some fun things with this as well. So it doesn't always have to be uh, a drag. You can use symbolism in the office place. If you if you can get a group of people together and set a uh, a group norm and I don't know, call it red for when civility is high or green. You know, um, I use the words sabotage. So Stuart, the last thing that you said to me that sounded like a sabotage. Boom, if we we're both on the same wavelength, just by saying that will bring awareness to the piece in a fun and novel way. So you can actually turn around uh, an individual right then and there, and it doesn't need to be the boss, and it doesn't need to be a program that you go on. It doesn't need to be a book that you need to read. It can be right up front by somebody who works with you that hopefully in a trusting environment, and that's a whole different subject area, but hopefully in a trusting environment, it is about my behavior and not about me as the individual. And I'm hoping you're still there, Stuart. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm still here, Steve. Uh, <laughs> I'm having some phone problems. I hope you can hear me. Uh, you, you're coming in and out. Uh, you know, I'm trying to get some of it, but. Yeah, I think it's on my end, Steve. So basically, if and get this working I did not get that at all, Stuart. Sorry about that. Sorry, where, where people turn for hmm. Okay, we're at my technical today. Steve, uh, can you hear me okay now? I can hear you okay now. Okay, I don't know what happened there, but so my question was where can entrepreneurs turn for help once they identified all these challenges in their environment. What 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 can they do immediately, and what you know what should they be doing long term? Ah, okay, terrific. Well, I think that some of the things that an individual or a group can do to help to um, well, using the disease aspect decontaminate the work environment is um, start to talk about what are some of the conditions that help create a great uh, great place to work. So. Um, what behaviors are acceptable? What team norms can be created that people can hold each other accountable? Um, entrepreneurs can sit there and also talk about um, some of the areas around uh, the honest and open communication and what would that be and also uh, put in place and you can put in place some um, programs that are short, they do not have to be long, that help to continue to foster that. Um, things such as understanding personality profiles, understanding how people work, understanding how they communicate and the benefits of those communications. So individuals can go through, and entrepreneurs especially, watching for that. They can actually put a few things in place and then say, what are some of the tools to help to diagnose that? Uh, is there an opportunity to 
do a climate goal check? Are there some areas in which an evaluation tool can help to engage? And I use a tool called Climate Goals, and it's just statements that have a rating from 1 to 7, or you can make it 1 to 10 or whatever, that just says, uh, am I being heard, yes or no? And once you go through those statements, and they're usually uh, 10 or 12 statements, you can use it as a tool to come back at a future date and say, okay, here's the world that we lived in. How is it now? And then that difference, you can actually start to say, okay, it seems like the communication piece still consistently is not high. What do we need to put in place? And so is there some targeted training and development that will allow that to happen? And while you're still there, I'm going to, I'm going to take a step forward. One of the other things is rewarding, and rewarding not in a prize, but recognizing more so that um, individuals are, are making the effort. Uh, I think that uh, I mentioned before you get into the trust piece, and individuals need to, need to feel that they're being heard, they're being treated fairly, that there's a clear sense of purpose, that they clearly understand where the organization is going. So those things, even for individuals that have uh, smaller organizations, they need to put it put in place so that individuals can feel a sense of uh, uh, a sense of safety, I guess, in uh, uh, the ability to challenge others, uh, in the ability to question what is happening going forward in between themselves and the work. So that will help to uh, balance some of their work and personal responsibilities. Yeah, a great stuff there. I, I couldn't agree with you more about the you know, trust in the work environment. Uh, to me, that's one of the critical, critical things. So we've got a, a few minutes left, Steve, here. Then again, we wrestled through some technology challenges, which is, uh, you know, technology is great when it works, isn't it? <laughs> it, sure, it sure is. But, hey, you just work with it and move on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, Steve, tell us more about, uh, you know, the services that you offer. I know you touched on it in the beginning, but maybe just refresh the uh, listeners uh, on uh, what Medico is all about and um, how people could reach you and get in touch with you for more information? Well, um, if they would like more information, they can certainly go to my website at www.zanico.com. I also have uh, my blog that's uh, sitting there where I am making that sort of the uh, idea center for people to have discussions about uh, items such as this. Uh, my business really... I think what I want to be able to do is uh, make it very um, uh, a relationship base with organizations that say, you know what, Steve, we do have some issues here. How can you come in and help us? And what I attempt to do is understand the whole situation and what are the, what are the results that you're looking for? What's driving your business? And if we can have that conversation and try to understand that, then what's preventing you from getting there? And is that something that is driven by um, the lack of direction, or is it something that's driven by the lack of buy-in from the employee base itself? So I offer programs uh, that uh, individuals can participate in to help bring that about. So if it is something around the uh, workplace and the toxicity that exists in the workplace, there are a couple of different programs that I bring to bear that says, let's Let's have some fun. Let's do some experiential learning because when people like to play, they tend to then forget about uh, trying to have the right answer and just behave normally and then 
actually going in through a debrief and saying, okay, here's some of the stuff so that we can help to change the language. Language is really critical to driving uh, organizations forward and individuals forward, so let's try to create something of value there. And then how do we continue to move that forward so it's not just an event, that it's really performance enhancement for individuals either on a personal level or on a group level. So that's some of the stuff that I do. And usually starts with a, a, a coffee and a dialogue and just sitting down and trying to understand where the development is required. And Steve, what was your website address again? Uh, website www.zanico.com. That's a great way to uh, reach out and um, your phone number and all that contact information. It's all there. Be on that website. So you thank, thank you very much for uh, spending half hour with us and tell us about uh, your business. And uh, you know, a, a great interesting topic on uh, you know that workplace culture uh, and uh, making sure we have the best culture in our business. So thank, so thank you very much for your time today. And Stuart, thank you very much for giving me the opportunity. I hope uh, I've given the listeners something to think about. Great, thanks, Ken, Steve. So thanks for uh, tuning in to Bulletproof Business Radio again uh, this week. Uh, we will not be on next week. Uh, we have uh, some other uh, commitments, so tune in uh, two weeks from now. We'll have another a great guest on tell you about their uh, business in uh, southern and central Alberta. And uh, check, us, or check our website out at radio.bulletproofit.ca for uh, a complete lineup of our shows and uh, to download uh, past uh, versions or past uh, episodes of uh, Bulletproof Business Radio. My name is Stuart Crawford, and uh, we'll be signing off for this week on Bulletproof Business Radio. Again, check us out online at radio.bulletproofit.ca.